wait for the Lord. Be strong, and he shall comfort your heart. Oh, put your trust in the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So several weeks ago, if uh, some of you, or hopefully all of you were here, you may recall when Father Ryan was preaching uh, about the transfiguration, and he referred to these, it's happening memes. I don't know if y'all remember that. But anyways, I sat over there listening. I realized that I had no idea what he was talking about. (laughs) So I started researching memes to see if I could figure this out which shows you how out of touch my kids uh, think I am. Anyway. Um, but anyway, in the process, I came across a meme that really resonated with me. Okay? Uh, and maybe you've seen it. It's the, it's fine, I'm fine, everything is fine meme. Okay? Now, for those of you, it sounds like a lot of you have seen it, for, for those of you who have not, it has these words, it's fine, I'm fine, everything is fine, but coupled with a picture that shows that everything is clearly not fine. Okay, so usually the picture is something on fire, burning down in the background, uh, or something equally disastrous. But I think this meme struck me because it kind of sums up how I felt these past few years and coming into the season of Lent. And maybe some of you have felt this way too. It's like we try and convince ourselves that we're fine and everything is fine when, in fact, we know that it isn't. Lent, though, gives us permission to let down our guard and consider the possibility that maybe everything is not fine. In fact, I think Lent is a recognition that we need to do this from time to time. We need to make space for reflection and prayer and repentance to deal with the burdens of sin and sorrow that we're carrying around and are weighing us down. To make room for new life that we're going to find in the resurrection of Jesus and that we'll celebrate come Easter. Sometimes, though, it may seem easier not to peel the curtain back and peer into the disquiet in our souls. Do we have to explore the reasons that we feel so restless and out of sorts? or why we feel disconnected to God or to each other. Maybe it's better just not to probe too deeply, to just compartmentalize and keep that door closed. We can adopt a few safe Lenten practices so long as we don't have to shine a light into those dark places where we stuff things down, uh, our painful feelings, uh, and hide our sins. Yet God does not want us to just white-knuckle it through life as if everything is fine. God invites us to expose ourselves to him as the broken people that we are, people who need his forgiveness and his healing. And our scripture readings today teach us that we can do the hard work that we're invited to do in Lent because God will walk beside us in love and be faithful to his promises of new life in him through Jesus Christ. So beginning with our Old Testament reading today, we encountered Abraham at a time when things most definitely were not fine. Earlier in the book of Genesis, God had instructed Abraham to pick up and leave his home and his family 
to go to this strange land with the promise that God would make him into a great nation. And Abraham obeyed. He packed up his wife, he packed up his wife and all of his belongings, and he went. And then you fast forward years later through the journey of famine. He's got altercations with all these surrounding rulers and still no heir for Abraham. No progress towards God's promise to make Abraham into a great nation. And in our reading today, when God confirms his promises to Abraham, Abraham pushes back. Right? He questions God. Oh, Lord. What will you give me, for I continue childless? How on earth am I going to father a great nation when I don't even have a single child? But God doesn't get angry at Abraham or tell him to just, he needs to have more faith. Rather, God demonstrates his continued commitment to Abraham and to the promises he's made in the ceremony that frankly seems pretty bizarre to me today. Abraham brings out animals, a cow, a goat, and a ram, and he cuts them in two. And while this may sound pretty barbaric to us, uh, it's generally understood that this was an ancient rite of self-obligation. When someone committed to something, they would pass between the animals that had been cut in half as a solemn promise that they would suffer a similar fate of being cut in two if the promise was not kept. And then in this extraordinary moment, we have God passing between the halved animals in the form of fire, thereby committing himself to the promise he's made to Abraham upon pain of death. So when Abraham comes to God with his questions and his doubts, God doesn't turn him away. He reassures him, I will keep my promises. I will bless you. You will have your inheritance. I'm a God who could be trusted even when you doubt me and even when you can't see how everything will ultimately be made right. And then our gospel reading today, we also encounter a scenario where everything is not right. We find Jesus in the midst of performing his kingdom work of healing and casting out demons. And this is the kingdom that he announced in scripture we read the last time I preached Uh, A kingdom that would bring good news to the poor, heal the sick, and let the oppressed go free. But because this kingdom is countercultural, it lifts up the lowly and the weak of society, and it endangers the powers that be. The ruling power, Herod, is threatening Jesus' life. Looks like things aren't going so well for this new kingdom, its ruler is under attack and facing the prospect of probable death. Yet Jesus is not dissuaded in his mission. Like God doubling down on his promise to Abraham, here Jesus doubles down on his mission. When his life is threatened by the ruling powers, he doesn't take cover and flee to safety. He simply dismisses them as powerless to prevent him from finishing his work. Go and tell that fox for me, Jesus said. I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Jesus had come to establish a kingdom where the blessed are not those who come in worldly power and strength, 
but those who come in humility and repentance in his name, and he will not be deterred. And Jesus' mission led to a cross where he established his kingdom in an act of total self-giving love. In Abraham's story today, we saw God in this ritual act of passing between the halved animals and pledging that he would rather die than break his covenant with Abraham. And reflecting on this story's relation to the cross, theologian Miroslav Volf makes the following observation. The narrative of the cross is not a story of a God who died because God broke the covenant but a truly incredible story of God who died because God's all-too-human covenant partner broke the covenant. So in other words, even though we're the ones who've broken the covenant with God, he would rather suffer the breach himself by his own death than let the covenant be undone and the relationship with us end. Now given God's faithfulness, to his promises to secure the inheritance of his people, as we saw with Abraham, even when the way forward seemed impossible. Given his heart for the vulnerable and the oppressed, given the links he's gone to to pursue us, even to death on a cross, can he be trusted? Can he be trusted to walk alongside you in whatever it is that you're struggling with during this Lent? And if you have doubts, well, so did Abraham. But he also had confidence to bring them before God and trust that God had the power to do something about them. We read that Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Abraham was righteous because he put his trust in the Lord and it was his trust that put him in right relationship with God. Now compare this to the people in Jerusalem in our gospel reading today who are not willing to put their trust in God. And yet even in their turning away, Jesus still cried out with the pain of a parent who's poured all of his love into children only to be rejected by them. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. God invites us, he longs for us to bring the weight of our sins, our doubts, our sorrows, and submit them to him. What grieves him is when we're unwilling to turn to him and accept the gift of his love because we do not have confidence in him. Years ago, I was hiking to the top of Mount Washburn in Yellowstone National Park. Maybe some of you have been there. I was hiking with some friends, and I also had my daughter, Annabella, with me. Uh, She was just a little baby at the time. She was all strapped in, you know, in one of those baby carriers snuggled up to my chest. Um, Now, people who know me know that I'm actually pretty afraid of heights. And on this particular day, Close to the end of the hike, uh, we came to the top of the mountain and at a place where the trail becomes pretty narrow and it drops down on both sides. So, anyway, so my friends, they're already up ahead and as I start walking across the ridge, I feel the anxiety begin to mount. And I begin to think, 
only five steps to one side or five steps to the other. And not only would I end my own life, but I would destroy this little thing that was more important to me than anything else in the world. I know. <laughs> but so, okay, so the fear, the distrust of myself, it just became too much. And about halfway across the ridge, I panic. And I freeze, and I went down onto my knees, onto the ground, just clutching little Annabella to my chest. Well, eventually, my friends figure out that I'm not with them anymore. Uh, and they turn around, and they see me out there just trembling in the middle of this ridge. So two of my friends walk back. One stands on one side of me. The other stands on the other. And then they lift me up, hold my arms, and we walk across to the other side of the ridge to safety. And this is what I picture when I think about God walking with me through Lent. I can go where I'm afraid. I can walk to the edge and even peer into the abyss. I can examine those sins and those wounds that I know need tending. Those places where I feel most alone and vulnerable. Trusting that God will not let me fall. Now, for those of you who may be new to Anglicanism, we have practices and disciplines that help guide us in this work. A rich tradition and a community so that we're not having to do it alone. God makes his presence known to us at the table, in prayer, confession, in our community, in scripture, in so many ways. The question, though, is whether we have enough confidence in him to open ourselves, our entire selves, to his healing presence. And finally, we should never forget why it is that we are doing this work. And that's to be conformed to the body of Christ's glory and to become a people who rejoice. Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. As a healed and rejoicing people, we are sent out into the world to be the hands and feet of Christ and to bring his healing presence to a hurting world. And I even remind you of this every Sunday when I send you out and dismiss you with these words. Let us go into, forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. <laughs> so I want to invite you now this morning to take a moment of silence and consider if there are areas in your life where everything is not right. And are there practices this Lent that you can step into that will allow you to create space and invite God's healing presence? Ask for the Spirit to reveal these places to you as we hear one final time these words from our psalm today. I would utterly have fainted had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Await for the Lord, be strong, and he shall comfort your heart. Oh, put your trust in the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith. 
learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at rezaustin.com.